Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, coming to you from a beautiful, crisp morning in Dallas, Texas. And today I'm joined by my handsome cohort, Dewey. Say hi to everybody, Dewey. Hello, everyone, and hello, all of you cat fans out there. And thank you for listening for to us today. And I see that we have a listener in Italy. And thank you to all those listeners in Italy. And this listener said they were listening to Things That Stress Out a Cat episode and sent an email and asked that we talk about how to reduce the cats in shelters. She writes, this would be extremely helpful for, helpful for many volunteers, myself included. So, Molly... How does yes. that work? Yeah, yeah, and she's and she's absolutely right. This is this is a good topic. I actually have um, talked to many shelters around the country in these past weeks um, about this exact topic because you know we are still um, in the middle of the stay in order, you know, mandatory shutdown for businesses because of the coronavirus, and and at this pandemic time. You know, when shelters are likely closed to the public, this is a great opportunity to focus on stress relieving techniques for the cats. So I see that you made a list here for us to talk about today. And I really like when you make the list because uh, it makes it a little bit easier to really kind of hone in on specifics for people. And I think that's a good way for people to tag into and say, mm-hmm. oh, that number two is for me. And that number I, eight is for me. I that's did good. a list of 12 ways. And I need to probably put this in a in a blog too so that it's a little easier to share with shelters with, with some visuals. So I'll work on that as well. But in the meantime, I have a list of a dozen stress-reducing things for cats in shelters. Okay, and I'm going to read them off, starting with number one, routine. Hmm, interesting. Routine. Establish a new routine as quickly as possible. Why is this important to stress levels? Well, it's important to remember that cats are creatures of habit. You know, change is very, very, very stressful for them. They are still wired to be little wild creatures in in the middle of their cat brains, and and you know, they don't like it when things are unpredictable in their environment. You know, they are both predator and prey, and they spend a lot of time thinking with the prey side of their brain and what's going to get me next. And so it's very important for them in the wild to be in a place where things happen relatively at the same time every day and their structure. And when that structure is, is uprooted, they have a lot, a lot of stress. So because, um, because of this time when things are changed, hours are different, people aren't coming and going at the same times, 
you know, the, there used to be a lot of public traffic walking through looking for cats to adopt, and that isn't the case any longer. There may be fewer cats in the shelter as with a lot of shelters, and their schedules are all different. So in, in that scenario, a cat loses its sense of control, which is very important for a cat. You know, if you haven't noticed, the cats are in control at your house. Well, <laughs> they, they, if you don't uh, believe it, ask the cat. That's right. <laughs> and when they get put into a shelter, they're stripped of all choice and control. And that really freaks them out. So routine plays into that. And so it's very important in your shelter setting that you, or even in your home setting for that matter, when you get a new cat, it's very important to establish routines as quickly as possible. And what this looks like is make sure that you're feeding the cats at the same time every day. Cleaning crew comes in at the same time. You know, if you, if you are allowing enrichment, that being something they can look forward to at the same time every day helps um, make sure that, that there's a structure to their day. You know, and that brings me to a really good point, I think, um, and it seems to, you know, stand out to me, which is just to get them out of there, you know, get them out of that uh, environment into foster, get as many of them out of the shelter and into foster homes, since that would be another change of environment. How does that reduce the stress, though? I mean, if they do go to a a house, I would think that that's better than the shelter, but yes, you got Mm -hmm. an environment. Boom. Right. What do you say to that? And, it, and that's number two on the list, fostering. So it, while getting them out of the shelter and into a foster home is change and change in routine, and it's going to cause stress, temporary stress, the um, just the being in a home setting offsets whatever stress they're going to feel. They do much better in a home environment. They have more space. So there's usually more of a routine. It's an opportunity to get to see the real personality of the cat. And oftentimes, you know, it's foster failures, which is awesome. Because for those of you who aren't familiar with that term, that's what happens when someone fosters a pet and then decides to keep it and adopt it. We call that a foster failure. So it's a, it's a good thing. This is in the one sense of failure used in a, in a wonderful way. <laughs> we all hope for foster failures for the pets and, and everyone. So getting as many of those cats out of the shelter during this time is, is very important. And, and here in Dallas, we are very lucky to, to have strong, strong support from our community. And most all of our cats are out in foster right now. So it's great. They're getting a chance to stretch their legs and their little paws and and people are getting an opportunity to to be able to give us some feedback of what the real personality of that cat's like so that when they come back in the shelter we'll be better able to match them with a good adopter well and number three on your list is pheromones and i hear you talk about this a lot Um, they help the cats to feel more comfortable by simulating the facial scent markers, right? Does that, am I right about that? Or pretty close? You're right. Ding, 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 ding. You've been paying attention, <laughs> Dewey. <laughs> wow. A couple more years and I'll have it down. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah. Pheromones. Um, I, I particularly recommend the Feel Away brand, Multicat in particular, I think uh, is a little more effective than the, than the regular. Um, 
That's very, very, very uh, useful. I was skeptical. You know, this was actually something that we looked at in in behavior, cat behavior school, was the use of pheromones. And I was real skeptical because I thought anything that's a synthetic pheromone, that it's not going to fool cats. I'd be surprised if it really worked. And we had to study the studies, and, and it absolutely works. Matter of fact, and, and then... They've done a really good test where they did a placebo test against the uh, a feel away pheromone, and they noted the incidences of grooming, you know, which which happens when a cat is is feeling safe and secure, and eating, and by far more times the cat did those um, relaxed routines with the pheromones plugged in versus the placebo plugged in. So there, there's definitely some some facts out there to document the, the effectiveness of pheromones, and I strongly suggest that you, that you use them. I know in Dallas we have trouble because, you know, the shelter wasn't designed with pheromones in mind, and we don't have plugs in our big cat room where the intake is, there are no electrical outlets. And so we have no way to plug in a pheromone diffuser. Probably need to get in touch with Feel Away and see if we can do it like with reeds, like a reed diffuser. <laughs> that might work. <laughs> <laughs> so number four is interesting. And uh, I'm sure that the folks in Italy who love music as much as uh, people in the US, of course, everybody around the world loves music, I would think. But um, I mean, a lot of music was birthed out of Italy. And I think that this probably uh, works very well with uh, cats. Uh, number Your number four is music. Any particular kind of music, though? Just music in general? Yeah, scientific studies show that classical music is the most stress-relieving music for cats. And there's a company out there called iCalm, and they actually scientifically modulate music so that it removes all of the stressful frequencies. So it's important to remember that cats hear at a different frequency than we do. So, you know, we may not be able to pick out, oh, that's stressful music to a cat and that's not as stressful. Um, it, you know, it's a little more complicated than that. So if you look up the company iCalm, they make these little uh, devices. It's a speaker and a music player all in one. They're not expensive. It might be $70 and you get a card that slides in there, a little memory card of music, and they do them for dogs and cats and horses even too, I think. And um, and it's wireless, and so, and it actually holds a charge a, a very long time, or you can plug it in the wall, and it never loses a charge. And it plays a continuous loop of, I think, about three hours of music. And it's all wonderful, stress-relieving music. And it's not weird to listen to for us either. It's, it's calming and relaxing for us as well. So music, um, especially if you have a shelter like the Dallas shelter that was designed where the dog runs actually share a wall with the cat room. So if you stand in the cat room, you can hear dogs barking all the time. And that's stressful for a cat. So anything to help you know, somewhat drown out that noise. It doesn't, you don't want to play it so loud that, you know, you're drowning out the dog's barking, but you play it, at least it helps some. 
and helps for them to calm down in that environment. You know, that's interesting. And to to all those around the world that listen to this podcast and you're in that situation environment and you have some kind of say so on how the shelter is set up or you have some influence somewhere separating the buildings, having cats in one building and dogs in another on the same compound uh, would be very nice. If that could be possible, that would help calm that down is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, of course, that's hard to, you know, once, once you got the brick and mortar in place, changing those kinds of things is is very expensive and, and very hard for, for shelters to do. But if you can't get an ICOM, you know, if it's not in your budget and you can't get it done, then play classical music. Just, you know, play some calming, relaxing classical music. You know, uh, keyboard is good. Piano, classical musics are very good for cats. So get some music on in that room for cats. How about opera? Not so much. <laughs> How about cat scratch fever? No. Definitely not. Not that one either. Okay. Not wow. that one either. <laughs> okay. Moving on to number five on our countdown, our count up <laughs> catnip and silver vine, which is on your list. I thought catnip is a stimulant, though. How is that calming if it's stimulating? Well, because, you know, I've noticed cats in the shelter, and I, and I use catnip in my behavior work in shelters a lot, and I particularly use a custom blend that I've had done, which is catnip, silver vine, and valerian root, and I call it Meowza, and it's available <laughs> on, our, uh, on our store on the site at catbehaviorsolutions.org in the Behavior Boutique, and um, and it's it's awesome. So a lot of times if I have a cat that's, you know, acting defensively or just crouched in a corner and frozen in fear. Sometimes if you put catnip down, it really just breaks that fear shell. You know, it's a it's an enrichment for them. I've seen them just frozen in fear and then they their little nose starts twitching like a little bunny nose and they smell that catnip and then they move forward and they smell it more and then they start to rub their cheek in it and then they roll in it. And next thing I know, they're pushing off that back wall with their back feet coming towards me, rolling around. And it just, it breaks the shell to where they're like, oh my gosh, that was great. And it gets them moving. And a lot of times that's all it takes to get them you know, out of that, that fear place. And every time I'm at the shelter on a regular basis, I go through, I give every single cat catnip silver vine mix and, um, and a toy. In fact, I keep it in a big jug and I put toys in it. So I marinate toys in the mixture and then shake it up real good. And they're ready to go, you know, next time. And I walk around and I give every cat a catnip soaked toy to play with. And, and it's fun. You see them jumping around and popping those toys up in their little kennels. And it gives them a, a moment of enrichment that's, that's very, very, very important. And anytime they get to mimic those hunting behaviors and, and have that sense of enrichment, it reduces stress. So get yourself some catnip silver vine mix. And the reason, by the way, I should probably say why, why catnip silver vine? Why doesn't just regular catnip work? Because catnip is actually one of the things that really only about 50% of cats respond to. So you've got a 50-50 chance of it actually being enrichment or having any effect on a cat at all. Whereas silver vine is something that more cats react to. And then, of course, valerian root is another ingredient that they react to. So that's why I made a, a special blend of the three, which is um, 
super wonderful. It's so wonderful, it makes cats go meowza. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I feel when I'm around you, my love. Meowza. <laughs> so, number six on our list, halfway through our list, interactive play. And I'm assuming you're talking about prey play, like we always talk about, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and and that's and that's kind of hard to do in a situation, uh, especially in the shelter like we have here in Dallas, where we don't have group cat rooms. Every cat is in a kennel. And so how do you get a big old wand toy out and pop it around where cats can actually play with it effectively? There is a, um, a wand toy called the Go Cat Catcher, and it's on a wire um, instead of like a, a loose string. It's on a wire, so it's a little easier to, to move around in the kennel to make it move without having to really pop it up. Um, there's links to all of these things I'm talking about, by the way, on my website. Under the Resources tab, you'll see a drop-down menu. And in that drop-down menu is Products. Click there. And that'll take you to five different categories. These are going to be in the enrichment categories. I include links to Amazon where you can buy this GoCat catcher and these others I'm going to talk about right there on the site. So it's a good one. Um, you know, Prey Play, it, it gives mental stimulation to cats. It releases some of that pent-up energy that they have and definitely a good stress reliever. Um, the Da Bird is another one that's really good that cats universally seem to like. It's a favorite of trainers. And if you have community cat rooms, the bird is a good one to use. And then, of course, like I said, the go-cat catcher for, for kennels because it's a shorter wire type of setup. So, yes, interactive play, um, prey play, which is hard to do in a shelter setting. The other thing to do is, you know, dangle the toy and then make it go up, away, out of view. You know, they love it when things go out of view. I have a wand toy here in Dallas that has a lot of feathers on the end of it. And so if you run it down the line of kennels at the bottom, so it's kind of like at the bottom of the upper bank of kennels and at the top of the lower bank of kennels, and you run it along and it, you know, they chase it and then it goes out of view and they're like, oh, where'd it go, where'd it go? And then <laughs> run it back by. I mean, that, you know, it's got to go out of view for them to think that it's prey. And again, that's hard to do in kennels, but very, very important that you do it and, uh, and figure out a good technique that, that gets their interest. Yes, uh, and there's all kinds of visuals that you can think about as, as you were talking. I mean, it is difficult sometimes when, when especially you're like Dallas, where you know they don't let the animals out of the cages very much. You go into a special room, you know, and back to the cage, that's kind of hard. They don't, you know, that's very stressful. And I couldn't imagine them doing that. But you do a fantastic job at the shelters there, I have to say. Something I couldn't do. Okay, moving on to number seven establish scent. Not sure what this one's all about. Talk to us a little bit about what you mean by establishing a scent. Yeah, so you know the reason that pheromones work is it is it simulates that F three pheromone which is in the cheek in in the facial scent marker of a cat, and that's really important for a cat to establish its territory. You probably see in your homes, you know, about a foot up off the floor, black on all the corners of your house, especially if your walls are painted white, and that's a little bit of oil, 
and dirt probably left behind from your cat from rubbing his cheek against the wall because he's placing his pheromones, his facial pheromones on that corner and on your leg and on the side of the couch and on all the things that they're rubbing their faces on, that's what they're doing. So they do that in their in their little shelter kennel as well. They rub the shelves, they get their scent on the towels. And so it's real important that we don't hard clean those kennels. It's real important to let them have their scent in that kennel. Now, of course, you want to keep the litter box clean because, you know, they won't want to use it. And it's nasty in that small space to begin with. And if you let it get too dirty, that, that's going to increase stress. But don't change their bedding. You know, don't don't change out the towels and the bedding while they're there unless they throw up on it or have an accident on it or something like that. You know, it's it doesn't need to be changed. So allow the cats to establish their own scent in the kennel. And for all of those exact reasons I just said, it's very important to hard clean thoroughly between cats in a kennel. Because if you throw a cat that's already stressed out in a very small space that smells like another cat, wow, you've just whacked it over the head with a big old stress ball. And so it's important that they have a clean slate to scent on when they get put into a kennel. And there's a lot of places like up under the shelves and, you know, the doors that don't get cleaned that often. There's a lot of lot of space in a kennel that that carries a cat scent. And I know that when we all get busy in cat season, it's very difficult to go to that depth of hard clean between cats, but it's just as important to do that as it is to allow for a cat to establish its own scent while it's in there. Wow, that's that's interesting. I hadn't uh, thought about that too much, but okay. So moving on to number eight on your list, hiding place. It makes sense that cats would feel more comfortable with place to hide, right? I mean, it does make sense, yeah. Yeah, for some cats, you know, it, it's a really an individual thing, but I think giving them that opportunity is very important. Um, Coranda makes a bed that's easily to disinfect, um, and, and it's used in shelter settings a lot. It's a smaller bed and you can drape a towel over it. I know um, the Santa Fe shelter does an awesome job at making sure that cats have a, a place to hide where they're comfortable. So they use the smaller Coranda beds and put towels on two sides, put them in a corner, towels on two sides. So that cat doesn't have to come out if it's not ready. But the cats that are confident and social can be out sitting on top. You know, they don't have to hide if they don't want to. So any way to give them a choice in hiding or not, because each cat is going to be experiencing this situation differently. So it's important to accommodate those that are completely stressed out and really feel like they need to hide. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I've seen some difference uh, that you've made over the years at the shelter that you work at here in Dallas, um, you know, and finding some of those little boxes that they can get into and kind of feel like they're yeah. safer in the back. And that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I save all of our Amazon boxes that are, you know, five or six inches deep and cat size. And I rip the flaps off of them and then take them to the shelter and sprinkle some catnip in the bottom, put a little blanket, and, and that gives them a place to get in and at least sink down low enough that, you know, 
they feel like they can't see you and they're in a box. They feel like they're hiding, even though it's it's not as good as a Karanda bed or some of the other things that are made specifically for shelters to uh, to give them the ability to hide. We got some things also here in Dallas that look like, um, they kind of look like uh, step stools, but they have a, a concave indention in the top, so they're comfortable for a cat to lay in. And then like the Karanda bed, and I, and I don't know who makes them, but that you know they've got a solid side so you can put it up against the back of the kennel and they can hide behind it and those are wonderful we use them in our intake cat area can't use them in the adoption room because the shelves are too low in there but um that's where i use my cardboard boxes so if you have you know if you work with a shelter that doesn't have uh, something in place for the cats to hide in then save your Amazon boxes because I know you got them and rip off the flats and donate them to the shelter. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Okay, moving on to number nine on our list, the disco ball. Wow, Mm -hmm. is this Saturday night fever or Saturday night fever time for the shelter or, you know, what's happening with this deal? Disco ball. (laughs) This is where you should have had queued up sound effects for Saturday night fever music. Staying alive, staying alive. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll stop singing now. That's really embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) My love, go for it. (laughs) So, yeah, a disco ball is awesome enrichment for a cat. We have one in our house, actually, uh, an old-fashioned 80s big mirrored disco ball that some friends gave me years ago. And um, and I have it on one of those little battery-operated rotating things. And when you turn it on, the cats go crazy. They're like, oh, look at all these little light things. And they start chasing around little fireflies. They love it. It gives them something to do. It's It's good stimulation. So in a shelter, though... You don't want to get one of those giant 80s mirrored disco balls. They sell these (laughs) smaller ones that are colorful. And um, you can hang it in the center of the room, turn the lights off in the room, turn the disco ball on. I think some of the smaller ones now, they're again, they're pretty inexpensive. I don't have a link to that on my site. and I need to make a note to add that because that's a good thing. And you don't turn it on all the time, just for half hour at a time. You know, pick a time again, routine time of the day where cats can go, oh, look at all the lights. And it, and it gives them from some visual stimulation and visual interest um, that they don't normally have. And it's lights moving and, you know, looks like prey moving around and they love to watch it and get excited. And it's great, great enrichment. And, and again, very inexpensive. Most of them are battery operated put a hook in the ceiling and uh, turn the lights off and have dance hour in the shelter. <laughs> to classical music. Yeah, Disco yeah. To classical yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, I could see some people getting lost in this whole thing going, yeah, you know, they said this. Let's turn down the lights and start dancing. Okay, well. Okay, let's move on into the next one. Number 10 This one's kind of interesting. I'm a little bit confused about what it is, but why don't you explain rodent ball? What the heck are you talking about here? (laughs) So I used to do this for my cats. I had a mouse, a pet mouse, and I had one of those clear balls. They actually look like a giant cat food puzzle, (laughs) one of the ones that they roll around. Um, And I would put her in there and she'd run around. Well, 
it, the cats would, of course, go smell mouse and go running around after her and smell her. She wasn't afraid of the cats. It wasn't like this was stressing out the rodents. I know that's your number one concern is we're stressed we're leaving the cats, but we're stressing out the rodent. I found just the opposite. She would chase the cats around. She would run up to the cat and like I'd see the cat would be sitting there and she'd see the cat and she'd run that mouse ball right up and bonk in their front legs and stand up on the side and try to smell their noses. It's very funny. They um, And especially if you have a rat, rats are particularly good for this because uh, rats aren't really afraid of cats and it's a myth. Cats don't typically eat rats. They eat mice. Um, but they don't eat rats. So if you have a rodent, try it out. Get one of those exercise balls and let them run around the room of the shelter. And especially if you've got a shelter um, like Dallas where, and I haven't done this in the Dallas shelter. I'm just saying this would be a good room to do it in. But um, you have banks of kennels so cats aren't running around loose and the you know, the rodent isn't running around. Rodent doesn't really know the cats are there because it can't see up into those kennels. But the cats can see down into the clear ball and go, oh, there's a mouse or there's a gerbil, there's a hamster. And, um, and again, it gives them lots of good visual enrichment and stimulation. Be sure to give them treats right after you do that. Also, same thing, give them treats after you do the disco ball time because it's a lot like a laser light. You know, you get them all worked up for hunting, but then they get no reliefs at the end. So that kill bite gives a lot of release of of actually killing and eating something. So be sure to deliver treats right after you've done one of those types of enrichment activities so that the cats feel some satisfaction at the end of that being all worked up over, I'm going to get to hunt something. But yeah, rodent ball is um, certainly not a... uh, a traditional um, recommendation. I, I don't can't say that I've ever heard any other trainer recommend that, <laughs> but I know that um, it's really good stimulation for the cats. And if you can do it in a way that's not stressing out the the rodent, then I highly recommend you do that. Okay, that you know that's really interesting and a lot of fun. When you take a look at YouTube videos, you see the the mice and the balls running around. You can see where a cat might get very. I mean, I would like to see a little mouse running around in a little ball all the time. Anyway. Does that mean? Does that mean we can get another mouse? No, oh, <laughs> just, just thought that it's would be my funny. Mouse. I had a mouse. Her <laughs> name was Minnie. Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse. Her. Loved her. I took her to work and back with me and. I'd take her out several times of the day and let her run around on my desk. She was adorable. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Okay, number 11, as we move on, operant conditioning. Explain what you mean with that one. So this is basically clicker training or really any form of, of rewarding the cat for behavior that you want to see more of. So... Let's say that the cat comes up and is rubbing against the kennel door. Deliver a treat then. So, you know, don't just go around and and put treats in the kennels not paying attention to what the cats are doing. Have the cat do something that is good and shows that it's relaxed and shows that it is not stressed. So let's say you have a cat that's you know, crouch down in the back of the kennel. Open the kennel door, present a hand very slowly, low, and if the cat smells and leans forward to smell your hand, give it a treat. 
because that's a positive sign of trust and you want to reward that. If you have the gregarious cat that's coming up to the front and reaching its paw through, trying to reach for you, put your hand up and high five it and give it a treat. And then pretty soon you'll be able to walk up, just put your hand out and he'll reach out and touch your hand as in a high five. And those are really cute behaviors to show potential adopters. So everything from the most afraid cat in your care to the most gregarious can benefit from operant conditioning. You know, it's what we do when we do clicker training. So you can do simple operant conditioning of rewarding them for behaviors that you want to see more of, or you can do full-on clicker training with some cats, which I highly recommend also if you have the resources. During this particular time, you're probably not allowing your volunteers into the building, and so you probably don't have the manpower to take on something like that. But when you get back to, to full schedule, I recommend that you look into that. Jackson Galaxy um, Greater Good and Jackson Galaxy have teamed up, teamed up for a program called Cat Positive Pro, and your shelter can apply for a grant to receive Cat Positive Pro training, and um, they will pair you up with a trainer mentor like myself, and uh, we go through a semester of teaching you and your volunteers how to clicker train cats in your care, and it's an awesome program. So if you have a shelter and you're not aware of that, um, please apply, and I don't know that being in Italy actually would make any difference. I'd still suggest that you apply. So look that up, Jackson Galaxy Cat Positive Pro, and it's P-A-W-S-I, Positive Pro. Google that and um, apply. I'm not sure when the application time is, but on and off during the year. So um, check that out because that's an awesome resource for your shelters to use. And that was number 11, so we're already at number 12. Yes, and the final one, number 12 in our count up to 12, scratchers. Does this mean like scratching boards? How, do you, how does this help? Well, first of all, scratching is another way for cats to scent their area. And it's another territorial marker. Uh, that's what they're doing when they're placing their, their cheek pheromones all along your house. It's a territorial marker, a message to other potential invaders, other potential cat invaders that this is my space, this is mine, that's mine, this is mine. So they do the same thing with scratching because they have scent glands between their toes. So they are leaving a scent gland behind. And they also do it for a back stretch real important if you're shoved in a tiny kennel for a long period of time. So they really need to scratch. Now there are companies that make these scratchers that hang on the door of the kennel and I know a lot of shelters use those. I've seen some of those that are too small. They're not wide enough for a cat to get both feet, you know, an adult cat. They might be great for kittens but they're not wide enough for an adult cat to get both feet up there and scratch at the same time. And it's really impossible to put them high enough for the cat to get a full-on scratch. Because, you know, at home, you need to have a scratcher that's at least 40 inches tall. It's got to be the length of that cat fully stretched out. So it's hard to mimic that in a shelter setting. We get commercial carpet squares donated. Now, interestingly enough, a lot of them are exactly the size of the kennel. So they're exactly 24 inches wide, and they fit right in one side of the kennel. And I put those in there, put some catnip on it, and the cats can get a good 
horizontal stretch. Again, probably not as big of a stretch as they'd like, but I think it's a, a lot easier than some of those door, um, door scratchers. And send them home. Don't worry about sanitizing these things. Send them home with the adopters so that, again, the cat's going home with something that smells like it and that it can continue to have as a, a security blanket almost. And, you know, check with your local commercial carpet companies. They, you know, they'll recycle those or recycling companies that will come pick up the carpet and recycle it. But they are very happy to donate them to shelters. And uh, you might have to go pick them up. Do you have a whole boatload of them in the back of, of your SUV right now that we need to actually take to the shelter with us next week? <laughs> yeah, they need to be cleaned up, uh, cleaned out of my car for our next travel trip yeah. so I can have room to put our stuff in. I noticed that uh, we were getting low, so we'll take those next week. So, yeah, scratchers. And uh, like I said, carpets. Carpet's a great one. So there you have it. 12 ways to reduce stress in your shelter cats. And, um, you know, listen to some of our other podcasts. We have other podcasts that are great for volunteers to share and for shelter workers. Things like, you know, is fostering for you? where we talk about some things to consider before you foster cats. And um, I did one on fostering shy cats that talks all about how to use negative reinforcement in, in working with cats that are very shy that you're trying to foster. And send us ideas, you know, like, like this one. Thank you to Jolie in Italy who, who sent us this idea because like I said, I, I talk to shelters about this a lot, and I, I don't think about using Cat Talk Radio to speak to a volunteer and shelter audience. But, you know, a lot of these things apply to your cats at home as well. So send us ideas. I love to get ideas on content for Cat Talk Radio. We've gotten some really good ones lately that we're going to be getting to, like how to live with a deaf cat and some other exciting different topics. Do you guys think of things that I would never think of? So, and being that we're on our 66th episode, I need some help here because I've covered all the obvious, you know, litter box and stuff like that. So please email me and it's easy. Molly at cattalkradio.com. You can also help me out by following cat behavior solutions on Instagram and you can like Cat Behavior Solutions Cat Talk Radio page on Facebook. We're nearing a thousand likes this week, and we'd really like to boost that up. So if you haven't already, please find us on Facebook, like our Facebook page, share it to your page. You never know, you may have cat friends that, that are having behavior problems in their home that, that need the resource. So please help us share and get this information out there. Yes, and another way you could help us is to shop. We like shoppers, and you can shop at catbehaviorsolutions.org under the Behavior Boutique section. There's lots and lots of great things in there that Molly has personally absorbed time into and researched and looked at, and her whole goal and mission is to give things to people to help them fix a potential problem with their cat, a behavior issue. So that way that they don't wind up in the shelters. And so she's given you a lot of tools and a lot of things that will be good for you and your cat. So be sure and also shop because we are offering free shipping for orders over $49. And I'll say too that for things that 
I can't carry, you know, I can't carry food. I can't carry litter in, in the store. I, I can't carry things. If I can't economically get it to you, then I don't, I don't carry it in the store, but I do provide a link to it usually on Amazon on, in our resources section. So again, under the resources tab, drop down menu products. If you don't find something that I've ever mentioned, you know, in the behavior, the behavior boutique, then by all means go to the uh, resource product section and you'll find it there. And I'd like to say that Molly also started a new section in her in her uh, blog area called Dear Molly, which we love because I say that all the time. Dear Molly, my love you Molly. You say Molly dear. <laughs> Molly dear. <laughs> So in that blog, she answers questions uh, she receives in email each day. So send her an email. Send her ideas for the show, as she mentioned a minute ago. We'd love to hear that. And we'd love to hear from people around the world. So no matter where you are in the world, and we do have lots of listeners globally, and we would like to thank them. I got one from Korea just yesterday. A young lady was saying that she's in Korea, and she really wants to go into cat behavior work. And she um, listens to the show, and she says that there aren't many resources for cats in Korea. However, they are seeing, you know, a lot of them dropped at shelters and homeless in the streets. And she wanted to do something about that and was reaching out to me for resources of, of what she might do to learn more and get into that business. So really appreciate you know, getting emails from especially our global audience. It's it's fun to know that we're reaching around the world. But if anybody's having any little problem with your cat or just some off the wall question, email it to me. I'm I'm happy to answer and help you out in any way I can. Yes, and if you have any problem that seems to be unsolvable, think about it hard. Unsolvable, which you just are just at your wits end where a cat does something and you cringe and it's a behavior issue, please call Molly. She's available for virtual. Don't call me. Cor- no, don't call me. Don't call I don't you. make my phone number available because I'm really busy and I'm having to schedule things carefully. So I welcome you to reach out, but please do it by email and yeah. send me your questions by email or That's go to it. our website, the best, because if you email me, I'm just going to tell you to go to the website and fill out the initial consultation form so that I have some background as to what's going on. And then I usually answer that initial consult form with more questions of clarity. And then I get a pretty good idea what's going on and we schedule a call. If you're in a local area and we're not on a stay in you know, shelter in place lockdown, I, I'll schedule an in-home consultation with you. But right now, it'll all be virtual. But yeah, if you call me out of the blue, typically I've got my head into something else and, and don't might not have time to just drop everything and, and deal with your cat problem at that minute. So go to the website, initial consult form, and I promise I will get back to you as quickly as I can. But do oh. reach out. <laughs> and also, if you've learned something from one of our podcasts, consider sending us a gratuity donation. Any amount helps to keep the show on the air and delivering resources to cat owners because, you know, we're not on salaries over here. This is a nonprofit. We give freely of our time and our, and our expertise 
And um, this isn't free. We're, we're hosted on the Voice America platform, which is the largest internet radio um, platform. And so we're happy to be among their, their shows, but that's not, that's not free for us. And so it, any amount, send us a, if you've learned something, just send us a tip, make it a gratuity, send us 10 bucks, five bucks, $15, it, any little bit helps. Um, we also, you know, aren't sponsored by big grants. Otherwise I'd be saying thank you to the Petco Foundation, but, um, but we're not. So we rely on donations from private individuals like yourself. And we are going to be here doing this until Shelter euthanasia is no longer the number one cause of death in cats because that is a sad fact here in the United States. And um, as long as that's the case, we are plowing ahead, getting this information out there. So until next time, keep calm and purr on. Thank you, cat fans. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.